All right, my friends, we have good news and bad news to start the show. First, good news. Always choose good news when you're given this choice. The good news is that on January 22nd in Washington, D.C., for the first time, The Liz Wheeler Show will be filming before a live studio audience. If you would like to be part of this, this is taking place at Students for Life, the National Pro-Life Summit, as I said, in Washington, D.C., on January 22nd. It's the day after the March for Life. You are welcome. In fact... If you'd like to get a ticket to this live taping of The Liz Wheeler Show, you can do so at a discount if you use my promo code, which is L-I-Z, Liz, at, this is the URL, prolifesummit.org. Prolifesummit.org. It's the Students for Life Conference, the National Pro-Life Summit, and Washington, D.C., January 22nd. It's going to be really fun. We're going to film the show with everybody in the room. It's going to be a blast. I hope you're able to come. $10 off your ticket if you use the promo code Liz at checkout, prolifesummit.org. That's the good news. It's going to be hard to top that. The bad news is we should all be boycotting McDonald's. This is something, by the way, that I've changed my mind on. I used to think that boycotts were essentially a waste of time. I used to think, for example, I'll give a concrete example. This isn't just hypothetical. There were some department stores whose corporations, this is back when I was in high school and college, department stores whose corporations gave money to quote-unquote charities that were affiliated with Planned Parenthood. And I remember at the time there was a movement in the conservative, or there was a movement within the larger conservative movement that called for boycotting any store whose larger parent corporation had anything to do with abortion. And as an adamantly pro-life individual, I thought to myself, well, I understand where they're coming from. However, I didn't take part in these boycotts because I thought if you're just looking at the opportunity cost of your time to determine which of these stores has a parent corporation that donates to a charity that's involved or influenced by Planned Parenthood, that takes a lot of time, not only to discern that, but also to find an alternative store that doesn't have this compromising financial trail to to spend your money on, to get your clothes or your food or whatever. So I decided my time would be better spent speaking out directly against Planned Parenthood and making an impact on people's hearts and minds related to abortion, not spending all that time that I could be spent, could be using uh, in activism trying to figure out the money trail of these corporations. So I used to, for that convoluted reason, I used to not be a huge fan of boycotts because I thought the opportunity cost is not usually worth it. Well, fast forward to 2022. By the way, still haven't written 2022 correctly on the slate at the beginning of the show. Every day so far have written 2021. But fast forward to 2022, and I've changed my mind. I am now in general a supporter of boycotts when it is warranted, and today it is warranted to boycott McDonald's. I don't know if you guys saw this story or watch this video. It's heartrending. In British Columbia at the Ronald McDonald House there, the Ronald McDonald House being, of course, where families of children suffering from pediatric cancer, in this case, it's a four-year-old boy who has leukemia. His family and he are staying at the Ronald McDonald House in British Columbia in Canada while he gets treatment because so often it can be unaffordable to find lodgings when your child is going through something so horrendous, you want to be right there at the hospital. The Ronald McDonald House, no charge, allows families to stay there. It's a remarkable, wonderful mission that they have been successful in accomplishing this beautiful gift that they've given to families. Well, this video shows the father of a four-year-old boy suffering from leukemia. His family is about to be evicted during treatment for his four-year-old. And the reason why is the most atrocious reason I can think of. Take a look at this video. Like, we got this last night. Yes. Uh, it's just pretty disturbing. I'm just wondering if it's legit. Is this saying that, like, everybody who's not vaccinated is getting evicted? 
Will, we have a grace period to which you can um, get your first dose, but essentially as of January 17th, it's a board mandate from our uh, so I just want to get this straight. So by the end of the month, my four-year-old boy with leukemia is getting evicted because we don't have the vaccine. This is if he was six months older, he would be getting evicted. But yeah, because we don't have the vaccine, you're going to throw us on the snow with a few weeks notice. Like this is some kind of crazy evil. Like I have never seen in my life. This father said it exactly right. He said, can you imagine a greater evil, evicting the family of a four-year-old child who's suffering from leukemia? I mean, do you know what the survival rate is for childhood cancer? It's not good. If your child is diagnosed with cancer, that, I mean, it's awful when anyone's diagnosed with cancer, but a child to undergo this suffering, to face this fatality rate, and to have your family kicked out because they won't take a vaccine? I don't know the reason why this particular man and his wife don't want the vaccine. I don't care why. It's their personal medical decision. They're not putting anybody at risk. Do you think that they don't understand that their son is immunocompromised? Do you think they're not already taking measures that they know will protect their son? The CDC has already stated that the vaccine does not prevent transmission. It does not prevent you from contracting the virus. So what would be the point of taking this vaccine as it relates to their son or to other children with cancer? It's just an individual decision at this point, just related to your own fatality risk. And they're evicting this four-year-old and his family from the Ronald McDonald house. Hashtag boycott McDonald's is trending on Twitter. And I fully support this, not just because fast food is disgusting, which it is, but because the Ronald McDonald house should know better. This idea that forcing people to take the vaccine is about quote unquote saving lives. Whose lives are you talking about? Who, whose feelings are you trying to satiate by putting a four-year-old at risk and away from his family, evicting his family, this is, this is absolutely evil. I'm Liz Wheeler, this is The Liz Wheeler Show. One of the things that struck me too about that story of the family that's facing eviction from the Ronald McDonald house in Canada, their four-year-old son suffering from leukemia is just that the Democrats and the public health ilk who are controlled by the Democrats, of course, they treat, they treat people, adults, not just American citizens, I guess in this case, this is also, I, I assume he's a Canadian citizen, he's in Canada. I don't know why you would go to Canada to get, to get healthcare if you didn't already live there. The Canadian healthcare system is not exactly um, what one would describe as stellar or high quality. But Democrats treat, the left treats people like idiots. And it reminded me, did you guys ever watch that sitcom, How I Met Your Mother?, it, it, wildly popular sitcom, of course, but it, in this sitcom, Barney Stinson was the womanizer and he had this strategy that was a running joke throughout the whole show. And his strategy with women was at, when he hit on these women, he insulted women. He said horrible things to them. He was rude to them. He was mean to them. And the shtick in this show was the meaner Barney Stinson was to a woman, the more that she wanted to sleep with him, the more that she sexually desired him. Now, this is a grotesque, obviously, in real life, it's grotesque. In the show, it was supposed to play on this idea that if you insult a woman, then it makes her self-esteem shaky, and therefore she wants to validate herself in your eyes by you, by the man wanting wanting her sexually or something. It's convoluted, it's twisted. But it actually, how the Democrats are acting right now reminds me a little bit of how Barney Stinson and How I Met Your Mother treated women. Democrats want certain individuals to be on their side. In this case, maybe cinema and mansion. They want cinema and mansion to agree to abolish the filibuster. And 
the way that they're inviting Senators Manchin and Cinema to get on their side, to get on Biden's side, or this to move further to the left, is by insulting them. By insulting them, treating them like they're idiots, even, even calling them racist. I mean, Biden in Georgia yesterday, this is not an exaggeration. In Georgia yesterday, he accused anybody who does not support a federal takeover of elections of being a racist of the type of Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy. This is, this, is what, this is what Biden said. He said, today I'm making it clear to protect our democracy, I support changing the Senate rules, whichever way they need to be changed to prevent a minority of senators from blocking action on voting rights. The next few days, when these bills come to a vote, will mark a turning point in this nation's history. Will we choose democracy over autocracy, light overshadows justice over injustice? I know where I stand. And then he gets worse. He says, do you want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide to defend our elections, to defend our democracy. If you do that, you will not be alone. And I thought to myself, wow. I mean, I know when I'm invited, when I'm invited to be part of a cause, the best way to convince me is to insult me with the worst insult that can possibly exist in our country. I don't know how Mansion and Cinema feel about this, but this to me is I mean, he, he's, he's treating them like they're idiots. And it's not, just, it's not just the senators that he's treating like idiots. He's trying to treat you and I, even his own constituents, Democrat, the Democrat electorate, as idiots. And I want to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about my Patriot Supply. Friends, one of the biggest problems that all Americans will face in 2022 is runaway food prices. I mean, we saw the inflation numbers just this week. It's insane. This sky-high inflation is hitting everyone hard already. Imagine how much, how much worse it's going to get. But I have a solution that you are going to love. Get yourself some long-term storage emergency food from My Patriot Supply, America's largest emergency food provider. Hands down, this is the most affordable way to buy emergency food. This food is delicious. I know my husband and I keep a store of backup food. Get the four-week emergency food kit, which provides breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. Right now, you can save $50 on each four-week kit that you order if you use my URL, preparewithliz.com. So pick up one kit for each person in your family and you can laugh at the sky-high food prices at the grocery store. But don't wait. Go to preparewithliz.com right now. That's preparewithliz.com. Again, we saw the inflation numbers from today. We saw, I mean, we can see empty shelves Biden striking again. You need to do this for your family. Preparewithliz.com, preparewithliz.com. Okay, so first Biden calls Cinema and Mansion racists. To the left, like racist, I, mean, I, I know this is an overused insult in our country and it's ridiculous, but comparing cinema and mansion to racists from the Civil War era, slaveholders, this is hyperbolic even for the Democrats, but Biden then goes after us, anybody who opposes a federal takeover of election law or states having to ask permission of the federal government before they change their own state election law. And Biden tries to quote, the Bible as if we are too, he misquotes the Bible, purposely misinterprets the Bible as if we're too stupid to know the truth. Take a listen to this. Longer lines at the polls. Lines that can last for hours. You've seen it with your own eyes. People get tired. They get hungry. When the Bible teaches us to feed the hungry and give water to the thirsty, the new Georgia law actually makes it illegal. Think of this. I mean, it's 2020, and now 22, going into that election, it makes it illegal 
Bring your neighbors, your fellow voters, food or water, while they wait in line to vote. What in the hell heck are we talking about? I, I, I mean, I, you almost have to laugh when you hear this. this. This is the Barney Stinson strategy. He's trying to insult the intelligence of the people he's talking to in order to try to get them on his side. Like, no, no. Just stop, stop right what you're doing because we can actually read the text of the legislation that passed into law in Georgia. And what he's saying is absolutely a lie. You actually can get food and water if you're waiting in line at the polls in Georgia. The nuance to it is a partisan cannot come up to you and say, hi, I work for the Hillary Clinton campaign. I'll give you some water, but let me tell you about Hillary Clinton's platform. That's coercion. That's inappropriate. That might impact someone's, the independence of someone's vote. Everyone should agree that that's not an appropriate thing to do. But people who work at the polls, people who are not supposed to take a partisan position on a candidate or an issue, they are allowed to give you food and water. This doesn't seem to me to be unreasonable. And it's certainly a lie what Biden said. It certainly is. Also, this idea that people are facing voter suppression or voter intimidation. Give me one example of this. I, I would love to hear one example of this because if there is a case of voter suppression, if there is a case of voter intimidation, I will stand right next to you and I will speak out against that. It doesn't matter which party engaged in the suppression or the intimidation or the person, the voter, it doesn't matter which party they plan to vote for, I will stand with you because that is wrong. But you'll notice, my friends, that, that Biden and Stacey Abrams and the left and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, they can't give any examples of individuals who were actually, who actually faced voter suppression or faced voter intimidation because these laws, that's not what they are. They protect the integrity of people's votes. In fact, I was trying to think of the last time I could remember an incident where there was institutionalized, or even if it wasn't a legal institution, where a group, an organizational effort to suppress or intimidate someone from voting. And the last thing that I could think of was in 2008, when, this, when the Black Panthers, this militant group of Black supremacists, Black nationalists, the Black Panthers, tried to intimidate people from voting. But you, you may not have heard about this because the Black Panthers supported Obama. And so the mainstream media didn't want to report on that. The Black Panthers were trying to stop Republicans and conservatives and Democrats from voting against Obama. And so they were acting in an intimidating manner outside of the polling place. That's the last example of an organizational effort to suppress someone's vote or intimidate votes that I can think of. I can't think of an example. And like I said, Share, share with me a specific case of voter intimidation or voter suppression, and I will stand next to you, use my platform to the loudest ability that I can to stand up for someone's right to vote if they are being illegally denied their right to vote. But the Democrats don't provide any of these examples. In fact, the Georgia law expands the opportunity of people to vote. It mandates early voting for at least 17 days. And we're talking early in-person voting, not just absentee voting. Early in-person voting for 17 days, this includes two Saturdays, which of course debunks the argument that people who work can't just show up for early voting during the hours that they work. No, two Saturdays it includes. These polling places, these early voting places must be open for at least eight hours between the hours of 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. There's 67 days in Georgia. This is a provision, remember, of the Georgia voting bill that Democrats claim makes you what part of the Confederacy? 67 days to apply for a no reason absentee ballot. You don't have to have any reason. You can apply for it. The only thing that this Georgia bill does is prevents the government, it prohibits the government from sending out unsolicited absentee ballots to every single person. 
you do need to request a ballot, as you should. Um, but the application to request an absentee ballot is available online, which is very easy to access. On the application itself, when you're applying for an absentee ballot, you don't even go through a signature verification process. All you have to do is put your driver's license number, your voter ID card number on the ballot. If you don't have a driver's license, if you don't have a voter ID card, then you can use a utility bill or a bank statement or anything that verifies your identity. Then after you've received the absentee ballot and you're sending it back on the envelope, you put your driver's license or the last four digits of your social security number to verify who you are. There's no signature verification again. By the way, what I just described, this voter ID provision, 80% of voters agree with this. They support this. 80% of voters, doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat, 80% of people support this and 77% of non-white white voters support this. So minorities in our country support this provision. So Joe Biden, again, he's treating people like idiots. He's treating people like they can't think for themselves, like they can't identify when he lies, that he needs to, that he will insult you as a way to try to convince you to get on board with his very radical leftist agenda. I find this to be an enormous turnoff. Um, the same thing, we're seeing the same thing from Democrats in the January 6th committee, Kinzinger, I mean, embarrassing to have this man a part of the Republican Party. Thank goodness he's not running for re-election because he got redistricted, if you will. <laughs> because of redistricting, he's not going to win, and so he's not running for re-election. But the January 6th committee has barely addressed Ray Epps at all. Ray Epps, of course, being the individual on January 6th who was caught on video actively recruiting people to break into the Capitol. One of the only people, I believe, who actively recruited people to break into the Capitol instead of just peacefully protesting. He was the impetus, if you will, for the first, for the first break-in at the Capitol. He's the one who whispered in a man's ear, and right after that, the man ripped down the barriers, they removed the restricted area signs, and that was the first, the Ray Epps breach site was the first breach of the Capitol. And the January 6th committee has been essentially silent on this until Kinzinger. Kinzinger released a statement, which I wanna to read to you in just a second. But first I wanna to talk to you about ExpressVPN. So we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and your security online. But I learned recently that you can also use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are ostensibly only available in other countries. It's so simple, this is how it works. You just fire up the ExpressVPN app, you change your location to any other country you want, refresh your video streaming service, Netflix or what have you, and that's all there is to it. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want websites to think you're located. So you can choose from almost 100 different countries. Think about all the different Netflix libraries. And it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. Now, there are hundreds of VPNs out there. You know this. But in my opinion, ExpressVPN is the best because it's the fastest. It's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag. You can stream in HD, no problem. It's also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. If you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash Liz, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. So support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself and your family online at expressvpn.com slash Liz. So Kinzinger, posts this thread on Twitter about Ray Epps. And it is, I mean, like I said, this is the, the Barney Stinson strategy. He is treating you and I and everyone he's talking to with condescension, with disdain. It's dripping from his tone of voice. It's so insulting. This is what he says. He goes, Ray Epps thread. One, I know this will break some hearts. For a few months, people like Tucker, 
Marjorie Taylor Greene, Gates, and now Cruz have been, quote, just asking questions about a man named Ray Epps. As if that's problematic to ask questions when we have on video this man acting very suspiciously, recruiting people to be part of a capital break-in and then not being charged for this, being removed from the FBI's most wanted list from that day. Yeah, that's a little suspicious. It warrants questions. That doesn't make you a conspiracy theorist. Unless, unless we're talking about the eyes of Adam Kinzinger, who isn't really a Republican. He goes, he was on video the day before January 6th saying, we're going into the Capitol. Then some in the crowd chanted, fed, fed, fed. Why? Who knows? Maybe they knew he was videoed talking about breaking into the Capitol the day before it was to happen and wanted to create distance. Yeah, maybe they had no intention, those individuals that he was trying to recruit. Remember, the vast majority of people on January 6th were involved in a rally and a peaceful protest. It was a few fringe people who morphed, they morphed themselves into a riot and committed violence, but the vast majority of people wanted no part of that. That's why the vast majority of conservatives have condemned the violence. So it wasn't just that they wanted distance on videotape. They didn't want, they didn't want to be involved. And they thought, oh, a Fed is trying to entrap us. Why did they think this? Because this is how the Feds acted in the Gretchen Whitmer attempted kidnapping plot. They entrapped individuals who had no intention of committing violence and essentially tricked them into being part of this. But I digress. Kinzinger goes, regardless, he was put on the FBI wanted list, then removed. Because of all of that, the conspiracy that he was an FBI agent, oh, it was a conspiracy, has been gospel on the blogs and shows. Side note, this is why we have to address conspiracies, not ignore them. I, I, I just like, this is where it gets so condescending, so disdainful of people asking questions. It is our job. We hired Kinzinger. It is our job to make sure our elected representatives are representing us, to make sure they're exercising their duty of oversight, their responsibility of oversight in the United States Congress. Part of that oversight is over executive agencies like the FBI. The FBI, which has proven to us their history of abuse, their targeting of American citizens based on their disdain, their dislike of the political viewpoints of the American citizens that they target. So don't automatically brand people as conspiracy theorists. This is a valid question to ask. It's not a conspiracy. And it's, by the way, it's also not gospel. Because almost every single person, myself included, who's asked questions about Ray Epps has added the caveat, he might not be a Fed. He could not be. In fact, the FBI could easily clear this up. That's why it's a question and not an assertion. The FBI could easily clear this up by simply saying, no, he wasn't a Fed and showing us proof that he wasn't. But the FBI won't do that. And we'll get to that part in just a second. Kinzinger goes on to say he didn't enter the Capitol on January 6th and was removed from the most wanted list because apparently he broke no laws. I'm pretty sure the FBI wouldn't be dumb enough to put their own agent on a wanted list. That's an awful lot of confidence to have in the Federal Bureau of Investigation after what they did to General Mike, Michael Flynn, what they did to Donald Trump, what they did to innocent Americans associated with the Trump administration. I have zero confidence in the FBI. They can prove to me every single day that what they're doing is ethical, what they're doing is legal. I give them absolutely no benefit of the doubt. They come in less than ground zero for me. They can prove to me that they can be trusted. I give them no trust to begin with. Then, then Kinziger goes, Ray Epps has cooperated with the January 6th committee and we thank him on the broader issue. Let's say Ray was an agent. He is not, Kinzinger clarifies in capital letters. The premise is that one agent can gin up a crowd to insurrection. That isn't saying much about the intelligence of your voters, is it, Ted? The rioters had formal education, owned businesses, etc. They knew. So if you had actually read these reports then, and I'm talking to Kinzinger, if Kinzinger had read these reports, then he would know that there's, there's actually 
reason to believe or reason to question, if you want to be technical, whether Ray Epps did act alone. Because oftentimes when the FBI engages in entrapment, when they infiltrate groups, when they have these informants, there's a group of them. So I don't think that there was ever the allegation that Ray Epps was the only Fed that was involved. In fact, we know for a fact that the Department of Justice had essentially special forces deployed outside with the people, at least on January 5th, if not January 6th. And we all know that it was there on January, that feds were there on January 6th as well. So no one's making an allegation that Ray Epps acted alone or that just based on his behavior, just based on one man inviting people, recruiting people to enter the Capitol, that all of these people would have followed by sheep. No, the allegation is that he removed the barriers at this entrance to the Capitol that's usually open. He removed the signs that said restricted area so that when people came and yes, went onto a restricted area ground that they may not have known, at least at the beginning, uh, the majority of them may not have known that they weren't supposed to be there. I mean, that that's, that's slimy, it's shady. That's why it would be a smart tactic to use. And again, this is not excusing those who ended up committing violence. That's wrong, and yeah, they should be prosecuted for it if they committed violence. But the vast majority of people didn't. Kinzinger goes on and says, an FBI informant is someone that is paid by or turned by law enforcement as they build broader cases. Informants are usually criminals that turn to save their own butt. An informant is not an agent, but Ted wants you to think that it is. Ray is no informant either. The narrative on January 6th has been that first it's Antifa or patriots who love their country, maybe crisis actors, definitely false flag operatives, or now FBI agents, take your pick. Truth is they were rioters incited by lies and Ray is no fed, just another misled man. While it may break hearts, it's true. So many are misled by few. Just look up. Again, the disdain, the condescension. Like, does he think he's gonna convince anybody by insulting them? Do you think that that's the best way to invite someone to share your viewpoint is to insult them? No, that's what you do when you're an elitist who thinks that you are better than other people. He suffers from pride, the sin of pride. He thinks he is better than other people. And by the way, the January 6th, um, the January 6th committee did interview Ray Epps this is what they said. Quote, the committee has interviewed Epps. Epps informed us that he was not employed by, working with, or acting at the direction of any law enforcement agency on January 5th or 6th or at any other time. And that he has never been an informant for the FBI or any other law enforcement agency, end quote. That's the statement from the January 6th committee. And when I read this, you know what I thought? I thought, well, that's what a Fed would say. This is the biggest non-denial that I have ever heard. They're not even saying that they believe that he's not a Fed. They're saying he said he's not a Fed. Well, of course he said he's not an, a Fed if he's an undercover Fed. I mean, this is this is the most ridiculous, convoluted rhetorical trickery that I ever heard. No, maybe he's not a Fed, but this is not proof that he's not a Fed. Of course it's not. Of course it's not. Kinzinger, as I said, is employing this tactic, insulting, insulting the American people, trying to convince them to be on his side. And I don't understand this. This is happening with inflation as well. You can go to any grocery store, you can see the prices on any of the goods that you get for you and your family on a daily basis, and you can see that there is this enormous inflation that is in fact is, is impacting, affecting your paycheck, your how much your paycheck is worth essentially. It's, it's affecting your pocketbook. Listen to this. 7% inflation. This is a 40-year high. Gasoline is up 49.6%. Used cars, the price is up 37.3%. Gas and utilities up 24%, meats, fish, eggs, up 12.5%, new cars up 11%, almost 12%, food at home up 6.5%, electricity up over 
Restaurant food, food outside the home up 6%, apparel up almost 6%, transportation up 4%, shelter up 4%. And yet, what does the Biden administration tell us? What does the Biden administration tell us? They insult us. They insult us and they pretend that they're the saviors. And what is this? This is insulting. It's horrible. We're going to talk about that more in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about soul. Today's episode of The Liz Wheeler Show is brought to you by Soul. Soul is the sustainable orthopedic footwear company that seeks to enhance your mobility, improve your foot health, to keep you in the game longer by building shoes from the inside out. So first of all, did you know that 85% of the population will have one or more foot-related ailments in their lifetime? So a lot of these admittedly unsexy ailments can be helped with a footbed, but what is a footbed? Well, Soul defines their signature footbed as a great place to rest your soul. It's affordable, customizable, and improves people's everyday foot comfort. Millions of customers rave about this product, and two-thirds of Soul customers have two or more pairs of footbeds. Once you know the comfort, pain relief, performance enhancement, and injury prevention benefits of Soul footbeds, you will want them in every shoe you own. Soul has an amazing offer for first-time customers, 50% off if you use my URL, yoursoul.com slash Liz. That's your S-O-L-E.com slash Liz. So you can try Soul for yourself. They are so confident that you will love them, their footbeds, that they also offer a 90-day money-back guarantee. It's very hard to go wrong with this. This offer applies to all items on the Soul store, be it footbeds or footwear, yoursoul.com slash Liz, your S-O-L-E.com slash Liz. And so we see these inflation numbers and we don't even need to see the numbers to feel the impact. I mean, when you have gasoline that's up almost 50%, when you have meat and fish and eggs, things you feed to your family that are up over 12.5%, you know this. And so when you hear the Biden administration pretending that this isn't real or pretending that it isn't real one day and then the next day pretending that they fixed the problem that they claimed the day before wasn't real, you know the Biden administration is lying to you. They're manipulating you. They're insulting you. They're treating you like you're stupid, hoping that that will bring you on board with their agenda, with their policy, with their party. It's completely insane, completely insane. The same thing is happening at the Department of Justice and the Department of Education. I mean, we just learned this week that the Department of Education Secretary Cardona, Miguel Cardona, actually requested that the National School Board Association write that letter accusing parents who were challenging school board members over critical race theory and transgender bathrooms, actually requested that letter from the National School Board accusing these parents of being domestic terrorists. It's a plant. This is what they did with Russia coll Russian collusion. The federal government actually, in, in Russian collusion, they paid for, Hillary Clinton, I guess, paid for the Steele dossier. In this case, the Department of Education solicited this letter from the National School Board and then used that letter as impetus for the Department of Justice to target parents. It's, it's another form of entrapment. It's trying to insult people's intelligence to bring them on the side of the radical left. And now we have the Department of Justice who's opening this new domestic terrorism unit. This is what they say it's going to deal with, quote, an elevated threat from domestic violence extremists, including those, quote, who ascribe to extremist anti-government and anti-authority ideologies. That is literally the ideology of the United States of America, anti-authority and anti-government. We were built on this idea of limited government, that the individual sits higher on the food chain than a politician does. This is not an extremist ideology. This is a way for the Biden administration to target conservatives, for leftists to target parents. And it happened because 
the Secretary of Education under Biden solicited this letter from the National School Board Association, who then sent it, and it started this whole chain of events. So the former Deputy FBI Director Andy McCabe, you remember him. He was shady. He was part of the Russia collusion narrative. He is trying to equate people, parents, who are questioning the school boards across the country to the rioters on January 6th. This is what he said. Political violence is not just confined to the Capitol. It's going on in school boards around the country. It's going on in local elections. It's happening, you know, even to healthcare workers. The Biden administration is insulting you, trying to get you on their side by offending you, by claiming that you're terrible, that you're an extremist, that you're a terrorist. I know that this worked on How I Met Your Mother, as I said at the beginning. This worked for Barney Stinson to insult women, to hope that it that their self-esteem took such a hit that they would crave his validation and sleep with him to obtain it. That is not how it works in real life. This is not a situational comedy on TV. This is our country. These are the elected officials that we chose to represent us at the federal level in our federal government. It is a system of self-government. We do not live in a two-tiered system. And yet they're treating us like we do, like their, like their laws that they dictate don't apply to them, they only apply to us. They'll be mean to you, they'll pummel you, they'll insult you as a way to invite you to get on board. I certainly, I mean, I can't imagine who would fall for this in real life. I certainly hope that Manchin and Cinema don't fall for Biden's bullying, his insulting behavior. In fact, I would think, based on human nature, that they would be less likely to want to abolish the filibuster in the Senate to push through this federal takeover of elections that Biden claims is about voter voting rights, which it's not. I would think and hope that this would make Manchin and Cinema less likely to get on board with him because he's saying, if you don't, if you're not on my side, I'm gonna castigate you as a racist. It's so insulting, it's so awful, it's so ridiculous. And we should reject, we should recognize this for what it is and call it out every single time to render it impotent so that this tactic no longer works on the American people. Because this is a tactic that is used by the entire Democrat Party, including their propaganda arm in the mainstream media. Also, political tea, a little political tea before we wrap up this show. I don't know if you guys saw this story, but President Trump roasted Ron DeSantis, not by name, but roasted Ron DeSantis about the booster shot. So what happened is Trump, several weeks ago, President Trump at one of his rallies said that he had gotten a third vaccine. He'd gotten the third the third shot, the booster shot. And the people who were attending his rally actually booed. They thought it was ridiculous that he got that. I don't care if he got it or not. That's his choice. I mean, you can, you can have your qualms with the vaccine. I don't even think people should have to say one way or the other. And that apparently is what Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, thinks as well. When he was asked by a liberal journalist whether he'd gotten the, the booster shot, by the way, Ron DeSantis on television got the original vaccine, got both doses of the original vaccine on television. And But when he was asked recently by a liberal reporter whether he got the booster, DeSantis just declined to answer. He basically said, it's none of your business. It doesn't matter. It's my choice. Not It's not your business. And the, of course, this caused heads to explode in the public health sphere on the leftist, the leftist side of the aisle, the COVID paranoids, um, caused, this, caused this outcry. Well, Trump is actually taking the side here of, well, the same side as the liberal media, I guess. I'd hesitate to say that he's siding with the liberal media, but their, their viewpoints are the same. This is what Trump said about DeSantis. He said, I watched a couple of politicians be interviewed, and one of the questions was, did you get the booster because they had the vaccine? And they're answering like, in other words, the answer is yes, but they don't want to say it because they're gutless. You got to say it, whether you had it or not, say it. He's calling, he didn't name DeSantis by name. Um, I think that's called subtweeting, right? He didn't say him by name, but we all know who he's talking about. 
And he called DeSantis gutless for not saying whether DeSantis, for, not, for DeSantis not saying whether or not he got the vaccine. He goes on to claim that the vaccine has saved, you know, millions of lives. I think that this is a little uh, signal of what's to come in the 2024 presidential election. Trump knows that the second most likely person to win the Republican nomination, should he throw his hat in, would be DeSantis. Maybe DeSantis is Trump's primary rival here. I think it's an interesting tactic. This might be, maybe this is a bellwether of a rivalry yet to come. I don't know. DeSantis has not responded, has never said anything negative about Trump, but um, let's just say eyeballs on that political tee. I personally don't think that anybody should have to disclose whether they're vaccinated or not or feel pressured or coerced to do so. It's nobody's business whether you got vaxxed or not, just like it's nobody's business, any other medical, private medical decision you make. But like I said, we love the political tea, and uh, that's a good cup full of it. We do have a Locals VIP of the day today. That would be Tim Schubert. Tim, welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals. We are delighted to have you. Anybody who's not part of our community, you can join us at lizwheelershow.com slash locals. Um, yesterday, or the day before, we did a live with a lot of question and answers about the Supreme Court hearing the oral arguments about Biden's OSHA vaccine mandate. We talked about a lot of the justices' fake news, their story, or their, their I don't even want to say facts, their comments that were not factual, these horrible lies that they were spewing, CNN-level lies. And, you know, there's hot takes and there's hot takes, but to hear the Supreme Court justices of the United States making comments that should be reserved for liberals who spew lies on CNN is extremely disappointing. We talked about that. I answered a lot of questions. We had great interaction. Tim, we're really glad to have you as part of the Liz Wheeler Show community. You can join us at lizwheelershow.com slash locals to be a part of our growing and thriving community over there. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is the Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of Photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of Marketing, Emily Washler. Production and Talent Coordinator, Matt Toffler. And Senior Publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.